Welcome everyone to the Luke Cage podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. If this is your first visit to the Seagate theme park, let me just say, as long as you follow the rules, you'll be fine. The Luke Cage podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 104 step in the arena is sponsored by squabbles sparring studio gently bruce lee it doesn't matter when your character is eliminated from the episode off screen quickly pete before we kick things underway as you are listening to this dear listener we are at new york comic-con checking out not only the uh the scene in general the cosplay the the wild fandom but of course checking out what uh, marvel tv has to offer friday night and saturday night so pete we will be reporting back on this feed asap with news about marvel tv Super excited to bring you all the news there. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Iron Fist's first full public cast uh, appearance, and uh, all the drippings we will bring back to you. So make sure you're uh, listening in the not-so-distant future. The lowdown where we review what's going on in the episode. Pete, tell me about the teaser act. There is no teaser act. And following the events of last episode, we deal directly with that aftermath of the explosion at Genghis Khanis. We see her amidst the rubble. We see Luke. And then the camera goes up. To reveal, of course, that they are buried. Uh, first responders everywhere, including detectives Knight and Scarf. Uh, the rubble strewn all around. And we hear from a fire department uh, member that we're lucky that the entire structure has not collapsed. Could have been a whole hell lot worse there, Matt. Indeed, and of course, Scarf and Knight are there, as you mentioned. I I, I like the the nuance that uh, Misty Knight looks horrified. Scarf, a little more distant. He does have blood on his hands for this particular attack, of course. And uh, I doubt even he who's uh, who's willing to take the life of a ne'er do well probably was not expecting an apartment building uh, being uh, being destroyed in such a manner. Uh, but quickly, though, Misty puts two and two together. This isn't just any place. This isn't just any restaurant. This is Luke Cage's home somewhere up there, one of those apartments. Scarf intuits that the explosion must have been from the outside in, that whatever the explosive device was. If it was inside out, there would be degree across debris across the street. Pete, what is this, CSI? That's, that's, that's a good catch there from the, the dirty detective. Yeah, and what is this, like, leading them down the path of what it actually is? Is he double-agenting on us here? Like, you would think somebody who knows what Cottonmouth is capable of and that his boss did this would be like, oh, you know, might have been uh, those Chitauri again. Not sure. And then what do you know? They spot the NYPD camera which, of course, later is going to give him the opportunity for a little 
hanky panky. Genghis Khani's husband is uh, is thankfully safe, and uh, he says that uh, he's pretty sure Cage was in there, pretty sure that Connie was in there with Luke. And uh, with that, we go inside the rubble. Luke and Connie knocked out. Pete, if they're knocked out, seems like it's time for a flashback. It is, and I give them full dramatic and creative credit for using this as the milieu for which to tell us how Luke got his powers. There are some, some issues with it, however. Ooh, well, I, I, I guess we'll, we'll discuss that in due course. We flash back to Luke being processed into Seagate prison. Uh, there's of course the requisite body check and uh, Rackham is uh, giving instructions. It's an inspiring speech for the newbies to listen up to, to, to walk the line of goodness. Luke gets out of line, gets a hit to the stomach. Hey, it looks like it hurt him. Is this pre-powers? Guess what? It's the story's way of telling us it's pre-powers. And uh, also mentioned is the fact that Luke Cage is former law enforcement. Yeah, something I think that uh, we were definitely not expecting. We've had the tease before that he used to find people it's a lot different between being um you know a cop and uh you know maybe being somebody who's like a private eye or something like that later in his cell he's pounding the wall howling in rage yelling that he didn't do it he has to remember who he is has to remember who he is pete he is after all Carl Lucas, he repeats it over and over again, really hammering home uh, not just his, uh, his, his desire to maintain who he is, but uh, the fact that he's not Luke Cage yet. Love the lighting in this scene, the blue in particular. You know, right after we had gotten an, an establishing shot of uh, Seagate there from, from the outside, um, and to, to get the, the, the blue and wailing away at the wall here, it's visually and tonally correct. Time passes and Riva is hosting a therapy session. Uh, Squabbles is introduced. He's taking it one day at a time. He's clearly here to get something positive out of prison, to be that model inmate, to learn uh, from his mistakes. Meanwhile, why won't Carl say much? Maybe because he knows this place sets you up to fail. He's seen it as a former cop. And all of a sudden, Pete, in our uh, in our already message-conscious superhero TV show, we're kind of uh, exploring here the intersection of prison, prison culture, its effect on the black community, the black man. And uh, it's it's a welcome debate amidst all the other, the other uh, I don't know, Hoot nanny going on for the episode. <laughs> uh, did not expect Riva to have been as involved in the backstory. Yeah, we had that little tease in a previous episode and the the in camera flashback. But for her to actually be in the prison and Matt, I gotta call a little bit of shenanigans. Pretty prison shrink, you know, uh, no. Uh, immediate protection. Yeah, there's cops behind her. There's guards and stuff like that. It's almost too tempting of a target, and no wonder it easily 
gets turned back around on Luke. Well, Pete, I actually, uh, I know someone who for a time did music therapy, was a music therapist in prisons. And I don't know uh, how we're supposed to read the level of security of the the uh, inmate or the prison. Um, but I could tell you, it, it, I mean, she certainly was not unguarded, uh, this, this person who I know is music therapist. But I think it was a fairly... Uh, it was informal as prison goes in that, you, you know, you already had to be pretty well behaved to have the opportunity. And then if you were really taking advantage of it, of course, you're not going to mess it up for yourself. So I guess I can't I can't comment for sure uh, one way or the other. But ultimately, we need Riva in a in a safe, uh, safe corner, kind of a neutral corner of the prison. And that certainly is what the story gives us. Yeah. And the discussion here of trust there, there's the meta commentary, certainly in terms of, and we've heard it before, that if he doesn't let his guard down and, you know, make some friends, then, uh, you know, he's only going to make it harder on himself. Uh, indeed, Cage, or is it Carl, tells Squabbles to keep looking for a friend. And uh, later on, during some, some yard time, Shades and Rackham are eyeing Cage. Uh, they note that uh, because the nature of his sentence relative to the crime, he's been thrown in here to rot. Let's see if he bends or breaks. Pete, that can only mean one thing. And we start to see it that next night with Shades and Comanche. Yeah. Theo Rossi, he has spent a serious amount of his acting career on uh, seaborne prisons. This guy who we uh, started Fantastic Geek with the Alcatraz podcast to see him here again in the yard, uh, Matt, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't help but feel right. <laughs> well, then you throw in Sons of Anarchy, and this guy's uh, this guy's used to wearing a prison jumper when he goes to work. Um, but <laughs> we see uh, we see in part why Shades is in prison. Uh, as they attack Luke, it's two on one. Luke does pretty well, even with a knife in the mix. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the numbers overwhelm him. Rackham says that he's found a gladiator. And it turns out that he means it more than figuratively. He approaches Luke in solitary and says that he can make some money with his fists. It's a good offer, convict. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you think that he was sent there to rot, but there's this ulterior agenda uh you know first you you try to bend them like they said and and now you you come at them with the uh i believe the expression matt would be soft soap you Ooh. give them you give them the out luke's response though is uh particularly has this idea that it's a good offer convict luke's response slavery is always a good offer to the master no metaphorical reading required there. That is Luke Cage's answer. That is, uh, that's his take. And uh, with that, we return to the present day. Luke awakens in the, in the rubble. He's alive. No surprise there. Connie is as well. That's a pleasant surprise. And uh, Luke quickly gets her up to speed. He saved her. And uh, it's only a deteriorating situation. Pete, he smells natural gas. Yeah, it's very clear based on where they are and the first responders outside he has these powers we have not yet covered how he has gained them so matt having come to 
having covered the necessary exposition for the other character, we've got to learn. Not before he he starts helping her. Her le- her leg is pinned. He's going to move that concrete like a boss. But then uh, back we go in flashback. Luke is ready to clock Comanche over the head with a weight. Uh, but uh, but uh, Squabbles stops him. Comanche would have seen it coming a mile away. And uh, Squabbles counsels restraint. He also counsels checking out that hot issue of Rolling Stone. And they talk <laughs> about the uh, <clears throat> merits of Zoe Kravitz. Pete. Oh my! Yeah, Lisa Bonet, and uh, for for a little bit, you know, you're not quite sure of the time frame. Um, you know, so clearly this is a this is a vintage Rolling Stone that he's checking out. Given that they bring in Beyonce and they bring in Zoe Kravitz, uh, who was the other one there, Matt? Pete, that would be Nicki Minaj. Pull up in a monster automobile gangsta. Wow. I I don't know what just happened, but uh, I know, Pete, that uh, back the story goes to therapy. The group is coming up with excuses left and right, and Reva says none of them are taking any responsibility for what got them in here. Pete, I guess she doesn't know that everybody in prison is innocent. Uh, Luke speaks up and says uh, that for them to open up, she needs to tell them more about herself which uh, was a a vaguely uncomfortable moment, I thought. Even though we know where things are headed, it was still kind of like, that's not the way way things are supposed to work in therapy. As hard it can be at times with the the way the hair and the beard is overgrown, which later in the episode is done very, very well, um, it it might be the most over-the-top comic moment we've seen in any of these marvel netflix shows uh how luke uh here and you know once he's in the 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 fight club lets things go um you know it's it's the whole idea behind it that you know um he's throwing it back at her he's holding the mirror up and she clearly feels some kind of guilt and a connection with Carl and Luke indeed wonders who she ignored while getting her degree Uh, she's clearly moved by his words but declares that time is up session over on the way out though she snags him uh, saying that uh, this is the most he's opened up and she says that her brother died while she was getting her master's degree yeah and it certainly fleshes her out we've learned so little about Riva to this point you know we we suspected i think after that first episode was was pop the pop and it was later explained to us he was not all we know at this point um in the season is that he was uh reva's people reva's gone pop's gone uh he was kin by marriage and uh, um, to see her here in this setting when she's not getting killed by Jessica Jones or, uh, you know, in a, in a quick flashback, obviously humanizes her to a tremendous extent. As the conversation wraps up, uh, Luke says once again, or at least suggests that he is innocent of the crime which has landed him in prison. But he says it doesn't matter. 
He admits to being guilty of other things and sees that uh, prison is a way for karma uh, to remind him of that. And Pete, she is left speechless. Yes, and we see the other uh, medical type of character there who points that out. You know, it's it's not often that uh, he's seen Reva left uh, speechless, but uh, she explains to him that he may be in prison, but he's not a prisoner. Then Matt, hard cut to the present. <laughs> Indeed, the police see the slow-mo missile hitting Genghis Khanis. Uh, they run it back and forth a few times. Then back we go to Seagate, to the past. There's rumors of prison experiments, uh, experiments being done on the prisoners. Jimmy Quinto said that uh, that you could get a reduced sentence for accepting it, and they all know that he ain't there and he ain't died. Uh, Reva declares that there's a lot of X-Files nonsense going on in the room. <laughs> uh, after all, he probably just got out of this private prison, and wow, little time out there, the notion of private prisons uh, being something uh, discussed this political season. So uh, definitely the episode rather prescient there. But regardless, maybe his time was up. There are no ghost stories. That's where that's where Jimmy went. It's an interesting way to bring in the the privacy of of imprisonment. Uh, clearly, an Alcatraz analog is Seagate. Uh, all right, you're you're setting it off the coast of uh, Georgia rather than uh, California. Um, but it very much is the Marvel universe, uh, stand in for that. And again, you know, having podcasted a show, albeit one that didn't go the distance about that in the aforementioned Alcatraz. And now we're teasing, uh, inmates disappearing and showing up with powers, um, or experiments, the very premise, Matt, of that other show. I was really, uh, you know, uh, keeping my eye uh, and my ear out for any mention of time travel. <laughs> well, insofar as we are going from from the past to the present tense, that's that's kind of narrative time travel. But uh, Luke calls into question Reva, declaring that uh, that there are no ghosts in this prison. Uh, why would she say such things? After all, she works for Seagate. Um, and she gives her word telling that she's telling the truth. And this is something that squabbles has not heard before. Once again, Luke is staying behind. Now he's, uh, helping stack chairs, which is easier than talking. So why is he here? Uh, he's going from talking to people to trusting them. And Pete, the guards kind of don't trust him being so close to Riva. Yeah. And we come to the the meat of why he continues to show up for the group here she provides hope and then a little joke there but you got to start with that hierarchy of needs stuff uh as as he's taken out he's told to watch out for doc connor's and uh, Rackham gives him a second chance to fight for him. And it's not just a, a friendly request. The second chance is Comanche shiving a guy. And Rackham blames Squabbles, uh, who quickly gets a takedown courtesy of the other guards. Uh, so certainly a little extra pressure there, Pete. Yeah, uh, the, the backup plan, if you will, to recruit him. And 
you know, they tell him if, if you don't fight, we're going to tear your world apart. It's tough getting close to people in prison. Little time passes. Squabbles is beaten, but still standing. And now he's helping Luke train for the prison fights. They're talking Kung Fu flicks, Pete. And uh, before you know it, it's fight time. Luke has some cornrows. He's ready to fight. We see the previous match wrapping up. And uh, Luke also notices that there's a camera watching. Welcome to the internet, because they're, they're pushing these fights to the world outside. Get at them nuts. Luke hops in the ring. He's ready to box. Uh, and then quickly he's getting kickboxed. Uh, but it turns out that uh, he can he can just give a big old brawl as well. Quickly flips over his opponent. And uh, we, 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 we touch in with the present day Pete. Luke pulling the concrete away. Connie's leg probably broken. Now we go back in time. Matt, as the montage progresses here, Squabbles comes right out and says it to Luke are you losing your way to which he says when he figures out a way to cut all this stuff loose and get them out from under Rackham then he'll be able to let go indeed Luke is unkempt he's unshowered his hair more and more wild uh Reva notices him though and talks to him about how he he hasn't been to the group in months uh, she doesn't like his silence and notes that he has reverted to his former self. Luke says it isn't all about him. And uh, with that, Reva leaves and Shades follows her. All of this under the watchful eye of Rackham, who says uh, that now there are two people Luke cares about. So it's double the uh, double the leverage that this uh, that this twisted guard has over over Luke Cage, the future Clear- Luke Cage. Clearly a mistake. And um, when when Rackham's talking to him here, uh, you know, the the good old boy ideas and everything that go along with it, the visible scars and the worry etched on Carl's face. Back we go to the present day. The police are still going over the traffic cameras, though not much is shown. Uh, The tech plates were blurred. Ooh. How did it happen, Pete? Uh, the the tech steps out, as does uh, Misty Knight, and Scarf calls Zip and says he needs to talk to Cottonmouth. I felt it was just a little over the top that in the 29th precinct, he's able to call like immediately after these other people, his partner, this tech, step out of the room and make this call. Overall, I'm okay with it, but there's a particular line of dialogue where it's something like, Zip, hey, it's Detective Scarf. I need to talk to Cottonmouth immediately. Like, it almost had me wondering in my spoiler-free existence, is this going to be like, oh man, you didn't know that Misty was suspicious and left her left her phone recording, or, or you know, this is going to get played back as this perfect, you know, five seconds of, of proof of guilt. Um Time will tell, and speaking of guilt, back we go to Seagate. Luke asks Reva if she has, uh, has any connections to anyone here at the prison. She notes that she's professionally associated with Dr. Bernstein, the aforementioned uh, colleague there. And Luke opens up that there's a fight ring. He says that he's accidentally brought her into that world and given Rackham uh, uh, this knowledge that Luke cares for Reva. 
um, the editing of this episode, Matt, is slightly problematic to go from the 29th precinct to flashback without any kind of transition to buffer us. And we've done this a couple times now is at the very least jarring. I, I think that th- there's nothing ultimately that is uh, narratively wrong with this episode when it's all over. Everything they wanted to say, they covered his backstory, keeping in touch with with a, a mild incremental advancement in the present storyline, story time. Um, but I agree, it's almost as though they weren't quite sure on the page how they wanted this to be, so... They kind of wrote all the flashback stuff, wrote the present day stuff, knew that you had at least the the beginning bridge of Luke being knocked out to get you into the past, and then just said, we'll figure something out, and the something out was kind of editing the two stories together, so at the end, you get back to the, the present day with 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 flashback story and origin story having been told, but I, I agree, there's a little lack of, lack of um, finesse, say, unlike... The previous episode where where specific lines of dialogue might flip you to another storyline um hey they all can't be they all can't be a plus pete this is maybe a minus i appreciated his backstory in the prison and i really enjoyed seeing it told but again it was a less than eloquent solution less than elegant solution i should say in terms of how they presented it at any rate at seagate uh Reva wants to tell the warden, and Luke says this could only be set up with the warden's involvement. Uh, Luke passes her a note, though. Tell his lawyer he's ready to talk. Um, actually, pardon me. Perhaps that's uh, Reva who passes Luke the note. But regardless, uh, he says that he's going to take down Rackham himself. And um, Reva tells him to find her whenever. But why did he come to her, Pete? Because she gives him hope. There it is again, you know, and for as much as Shawshank was referenced by Pop towards Luke Cage. It's a commonality amongst prison tales. Hope is keeping him alive. Luke tells her he wants to stop fighting. Or pardon me, Luke doesn't say it to her. He says that to Squabbles. And Squabbles says he just can't stop like that. Luke has a plan, though. He's going to build evidence and take Rackham down. Pete, is that is that the last time that we see Squabbles alive? Well, there are some guards, Matt, who come to question him. You know, hey, everything all right? You look a little shook. And that, uh, and the gate style door there closes as Luke heads to a barber shop. He, uh, he gets a haircut and a beard trim. Walking out of the barber shop, Shades approaches him, talking up his fighting game. Comanche is there too. He's heard Luke wants to stop fighting they got it from squabbles who who didn't give him up easy and what takes place here is an epic stomping there's all sorts of improvised weapons uh they beat him it turns out here we had to expect this was coming within an inch of his life indeed those those improvised brass knucks the the pipe as a club 
we cut to black and time passes still in the flashback luke is in the infirmary he has internal damage and won't survive a transfer so they need to fix him here it's made narratively clear reva visits him she says she didn't give up anything it was squabbles who is now dead as you noted pete killed off screen there's a particularly effective dissolve into it where we see the opened up knuckle of Luke, which becomes an image we're going to return to in a little bit. Reva implores Dr. Bernstein to fix him. And Bernstein says that he's never uh, started with someone this far gone. Uh, Bernstein, Bernstein says for Reva to take the ferry home to leave. And uh, Bernstein explains that what's about to happen to Luke will change him. Luke gets strapped in the headgear of that uh, medical experiment. Of course, an echo of the comics costume. And uh, he gets scanned. He gets immersed. There's almost shades of Project X, Pete. Uh, <laughs> is, is there hope? Is there hope for the X-Men universe to come on home? To, to to marvel but that's that's a story for another day and that's pete it's all going great till rackham comes in you had to expect it was gonna go south in some way uh maybe more so in a in a frankenstein's monster situation but here instead it it gets in interrupted at a at a pivotal stage but Matt, you said it before, referencing the the headgear, the the headband with the triangular piece up the the front, even the gauntlets on the arms there, right out of a comic panel, to the point where later on, where he grabs the yellow shirt, just an iconic appearance of Luke Cage. At the same time, that idea of hey. You know, I look like a fool. What'd you expect? Yellow spandex? <laughs> well, all of that true, but uh, the, the the climax of it is when uh, Rackham holds a gun to Bernstein, ups the acid on Luke. Uh, Luke screams and, and the, uh, the, the, the whole machine shatters. We have a, a flash of white and a cut to black. The machine is blown, blown to parts. Uh, and Pete... If you want to look at the, uh, the 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 comic book recipe here, it's it's acid. How much acid? Who knows? The thing was just turned up. With what were the particulars of the machine that did it? Well, we kind of know some of it, but was it stuff unique to that machine? I don't know. It's been blown apart. It it's a certain amount of acid on this one machine. It's all gone, Pete. Uh, it's, it's a million to one shot. Uh, Luke steps out. He takes off part of the head protection, and that's when we really get to see the steel cuffs. Uh, along with the headband right out of the comics. Then, Pete, back we go to Connie. Is she going to be okay, Pete? Is she going to make it to the safe corner? She will, Matt, but not before we finish in the laboratory. Indeed, Luke finds Dr. Bernstein. He's coughing and alive. Rackham apparently dead. Luke cries out in rage, punches the wall, which we've seen him do as a regular man. This time he breaks it. Pete, we get our first sweet Christmas. Intercut, we get the present day Luke smashing his way through and Seagate Luke both punching for freedom. We get the, the requisite shot of the, the hand smashing up through the earth. Uh, and we also see uh, Luke looking out of the, the hole at Seagate prison out to the sea. Uh, in the present day, Luke has presumably swam to shore. And Pete, that's where he steals a few of those items from the, 
1970s Luke Cage, the the, the shirt, the pants, uh, long enough for him to see himself look like a damn fool. And then it's, Pete, who's he call? Well, I just have to say it's it's such a well uh, positioned um, montage, and then the homage that takes place there, and again the cheekiness enough to do it and to know it's not going to work before he places that collect call to Dr. Reva Connors. Uh, we see that uh, she has some information on a thumb drive. Oh, had to had to have my heart break there for a moment, Pete, when I think about Reva and thumb drives. But Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the bathroom, Luke is uh, getting ready to shave. We can feel the, 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 the hero resurgent, the hero that we, we met back in Jessica Jones. First, he breaks the shaving cream can humorously. Then he starts to shave. He comes out. It's a brand new Luke. Luke asks Reva if Bernstein was trying to make him like this. No, it was just an experiment to make people heal faster. Uh, Luke also says that uh, Reva seems to have known more about the experiment, uh, more than the zero that she promised. And um, she said that she has gotten information on Carl before he was a convict. How? Well, she wasn't always a psychologist. So, Pete, the possibility for some uh, some further exploration in the past, in the future of the show. Yeah, that she'll tell everything at some point. She hasn't always been a psychiatrist. There's clearly some stuff she's holding back beyond what we know from the future. We'll just have to wait, Matt. We'll speculate in a little bit. He says that he needs a new name and reflects on his father, the preacher, who was happy to preach to the poor, to release the oppressed. He's, of course, quoting from Luke 4.18. Also, no one can cage a man who wants to be free. Pete, the name Luke Freeman, it's a little, little on the nose, isn't it? It is. You know, he just broke out of a cage, Matt, so I think it'll stick. In the present day... We see that Connie is being taken to the ambulance, and, and Misty asks uh, Luke how he is. He says he'll survive. With that, the media starts to get on him. What's his name, Pete? Luke Cage. Pete, now we're going to talk about some bad... Shut your mouth. We're just talking about bad guys, Petey. We, we have to be starting with, with Rackham, right? Absolutely. Rack them up. Uh, really appreciated the way that this guy takes to relishing his role. If, if you've got a prison drama, you need Matt. The terminology is the screw. And right up there in the best of them, a la your, your Shawshank with uh, Captain Byron Hadley, uh, Rackham stands tall. He does, and I, I kind of like that the arc of his badness, we we see that entire arc. He's just having them fight for cash on the side and selling it on on the the uh, the fringes of the internet. That's it. There doesn't need to be part of a larger plan. He's not he's not taking the best fighters to funnel into Dr. Bernstein's Weapon X program. It's just it's it's just a bad prison cop it's a bad cop and for this story for this for this perspective that's all you need 
Is it believable again in the sense that this is a flashback? The you know near anachronous use of a GoPro, the internet. We've just had the conversation about Lisa Bonet, a, a vintage copy of Rolling Stone in a in a prison, and uh, references to Beyonce and Nicki Minaj. D- did it? Did it ruin any of the character work here, Matt, particularly with Rackham? Well, Pete, I believe you're referring to uh, to Rolling Stone number 526. Uh, <laughs> Which you're looking at right now. <laughs> uh, of, of course not, Pete. That would be that would be taking my eye off the um, off. Wow. Anyhow, the, uh, the point being. It's definitely believable that if we're talking about, I don't know, five, eight, ten years ago, uh, somewhere in that in that range, maybe ten years ago is a bit much. But a, a GoPro uploading fights online, I, I think that that fits in the timeline that we're that we're looking at here. Next up, Matt, somebody we're already familiar with, but we get to see a little bit more of a sinister rather than the smooth side. That would be shades. Certainly no surprise uh, about the prison beating. We saw that in flashback in the first episode. Uh, the notion that he is so quickly ingratiated into not just prison culture, but into the corrupt guard culture, that perhaps is a little surprising, although seeing how he's a smooth operator, seeing as how he's a repeat offender, uh, it's not that much of a surprise and certainly suits the needs of the story very well. Pete, here's a question for you. Do we include Riva on this list? I'm going to say that we don't, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, She's very clearly a sympathetic character. We know of her expiration date, obviously, having uh, watched and podcast Jessica Jones, the sadness there. As you pointed out before, the, the inclusion of a flash drive really tugs at the old heartstrings there given the way things go for her um don't find her here uh amongst our bad guys well then pete certainly comanche has got to be on this list the 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 shiv carrying pipe wielding uh number two uh kind of lieutenant to the uh the the evil rackham Certainly less of a presence than Shades, who we've met before, but we've had Comanche referenced before. So to see him fleshed out, still a name that uh, terrifies Luke that he speaks in his sleep. Well, Pete, no bad guys on this next list. The people who are helping us out on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek, helping make the podcast go. And uh, big thanks to everybody who checks it out, sees some of the incentives that we have to, uh, to help us with the costs associated with making the podcast appear each week, multiple times a week, as is the case lately. You know, when we log on and we see that somebody out of the kindness of their heart for what we do has donated the tiniest bit, Matt, I open my case like Luke Cage coming out of an acid bath. I'm energized. I'm bulletproof and I rip holes in things, but we don't then use the donations to patch the walls. <laughs> no, just to, to keep the adventure going. And Pete, let's keep the podcast going. 
the big picture where we break down theories about the road ahead. Pete, where do you think we're headed? Well, let's start with uh, former law enforcement officer, cop, Luke Cage. What happened, Matt? Pete, are we going to get a flashback flashing back from before this flashback? We just might need to. Um, I, I, I can't imagine that they are going to do that, but I also don't know where we're headed in terms of uh, story expectations in terms of, of uh, you know, we're only four episodes in. It feels like we're a hop, skip, and a jump away from the final showdown, but but we're not. So maybe some of Luke's past will come back to haunt him. We'll just have to see. These experiments, Matt, um, you know, the, the others that are referenced, the guy who got away, um, so Luke's not an inhuman, at least until any of this is referenced as, you know, alien technology. Uh, will we see more? What were these experiments all about? What's nice about the explanation thus far is that it could be just kind of on the fringe, quasi-legit medical stuff. You know, maybe Bernstein tries it out with 20, 30, 40 uh, convicts on the QT and then takes it a bit more public, takes it to a, a university and kind of, you know, wipes away the past and says, Hey, let's try this on, you know, burn victims at the, you know, at, at, at a fine hospital in New York city, something like that. Um, but it also could go much deeper if, if they choose to take it there. Uh, so it's, it's nice story-wise to have that flexibility. Lastly, the flash drive what's on it and what else does Reva have to tell Luke? Well, I think aside from the previously discussed uh, Jessica Jones reference, which of course, ultimately they're, we're talking about two different data sets here. Uh, I think it's just that opportunity to dig deeper into Luke's past and, and probably a good indication that, uh, that the story plans on doing that this season. Word on the street where we hear from you, the listener, and Pete, uh, our good Twitter pal, Sentinus, that's at Duran Sentinus on Twitter, says uh, to us, so no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after Matt Murdock, Jessica Jones, or Luke Cage? Seriously? Still hoping for Samuel L. Jackson to cameo on Luke Cage too? Sentinus, from your mouth to Jeff Loeb's ears, because that would be fantastic. It would, uh, you know, so often it's pointed out that they reside in the same universe. And obviously we had the Samuel Jackson cameos in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it can be so difficult. First off, the guy's the hardest working uh, actor in show business. He's constantly all over the place. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can't get him in all there sometimes. But, uh, you know... Hold hope out. Well, if Nick Fury and Raphael Scarf were to to occupy the same space on Luke Cage, you know what we would learn, Pete? No. That my name is the Lord. Wow. Because they were both in that in that scene in Pulp Fiction together. They were in that scene. Pete, also in the greatest scene on Twitter is you. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter? 
You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 8,438 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with the P and the H. And you can find us under that name on the dot com, the Gmail, the Instagram, and the Twitter. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. You know, we get it. Sometimes Facebook can seem like a prison. Political rants selfies etc you get yourself over there to fantastic geeks facebook page you like us we promise you'll never get any of that well pete we will be talking new york comic-con soon on this feed and we will be continuing the luke cage adventure before you know it and of course agents of shield returns not far away from that so i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word I'm going to go take a stroll in the yard.